everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to be talking about herbs. If you are like many women, you may have a cabinet full of items that are meant to enhance fertility. And so I totally get the going and doing research, reading books on what could maybe help your efforts. But the problem is there are a lot of nuances to herbal medicine, and it is very possible to do damage rather than good. So this idea of self-prescribing can actually get pretty dangerous in the realm of herbs. It can be a little dicey in the realm of supplements also, for sure. The realm of herbs, I feel like maybe even more so, depending on what you're dabbling with. And then we also have the issue of having maybe too many items that your body just, that they start counteracting each other, or maybe they interact with medication. So We really have to be careful about the way things are prescribed and taken, how they're sourced to make sure that they're good quality, the dosages, all the things matter. Also, part of the trouble is when you're looking online at options or when you're reading something out of a book or, you know, this is good for egg quality or this is good for implantation or what have you, it's not a one size fits all. One person's egg quality issue could have a cause that's different from somebody else's. One person might not be having implantation for one reason, while the next person has a completely different reason. And so an herb might work for one of the people and then not so much for the other, and it could actually get them further away from their destination or from their goal. So the herb that was mentioned in said magazine or blog might be a good fit for one woman and not so much for the next. That's basically the point I'm making. In fact, it can be downright harmful to take certain herbs on your fertility journey, especially if you feel like the clock is ticking and you just like are trying to do everything. Uh, It's not necessarily a good idea to start just layering on extra things that you heard or read were a good idea. I'll give you some examples. So reishi mushroom is a very popular adaptogenic herb right now, Um, but little known is that it can actually slightly raise testosterone levels for some women. And for women with PCOS or high androgens, this is bad. That would send their hormone imbalance like more hormonally imbalanced. Another thing about these adaptogenic mushrooms is that they're spores. So mushroom spores are actually really bad for anybody who has candida infections. And you can refer to my uh, podcast on candida infections to understand why that is an issue. So it's like basically like a systemic fungal issue that can affect implantation. It can affect egg quality. It can affect nutrient absorption and adaptogenic mushrooms might actually worsen that condition and kind of affect the immune system. Another one um, that we that I see people taking routinely is chaseberry. So this is an amazing herb for supporting progesterone levels, and it can help to regulate hormones over the course of a few months. 
But if somebody has elevated LH, luteinizing hormone levels, and this is the case for someone with PCOS, this is the case for some women with premature ovarian failure um, and egg quality issues, it can actually make it worse. So again, we've really got to be careful about how we are prescribing things or how we're taking things and making sure it's the right thing for you. Turmeric uh, is a really popular herb for inflammation. Um, but it's not necessarily ideal for fertility. In fact, high doses of turmeric are not good for fertility. And I see a lot of women that may have uh, endometriosis or some other inflammatory conditions. So they're taking high doses of turmeric and then it's maybe not getting them the results they want in terms of their fertility journey. There are other ways to go about reducing inflammation that don't involve taking turmeric. If you're eating it in your food, I'm not concerned about it. It's more a concentrated dose in like a capsule or, or a concentrated liquid formula. We will get right back to today's episode in just a sec, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell you about an exciting new project that I have underway. So here it is. I get a lot of questions about what to eat and avoid when trying to get pregnant. Since so many of you are interested in optimizing your fertility via nutrition, I've created a very special course that teaches you the ins and outs of just that. It hasn't launched yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled from my course on fertility nutrition. Whether you are already undergoing IVF or just trying the old-fashioned way, my goal is to help give you all the nutritional tools you need to enhance your fertility and speed your path to baby. All right, let's jump back in. Uh, rhodiola is another popular adaptogen and it's used for energy and stress. So you find it a lot of adrenal regulating formulas, but it can also make you jittery and it might affect your sleep and can even in some cases increase anxiety. And that depends on the dosage and the person and how it's combined. But if you're already a person suffering from anxiety and you start taking rhodiola because you think it's going to help you and then it makes it worse, it's making your stress hormones more imbalanced, which will actually also impact your fertility. So don't take herbs willy-nilly. There's this perception that uh, you can take herbs and because they're herbs, they're, you know, if anything, they're not going to do any harm. Not true at all. They can absolutely do harm. So you've got to be really careful about a strategy, having a strategy in place. I would also say you want to be careful about having too many cooks in the kitchen. Like your doctor says you can take this and then your herbalist says you can take this and your acupuncturist says you can take this and you read this and it starts with the egg that you can take this. And, you know, on in your online chat room, it said this. It's too too many cooks in the kitchen and when they're not communicating with each other and nobody's developing the overall strategy, what can happen is that these things start counteracting each other or start interacting with each other in some negative way and that can start affecting things like liver function and kidney function and hormone levels um, and just be too much for your body. We're looking to support the body's fertility. Gently do so. Gently guide it. And, and it's not a good formula to have a bunch of things thrown in there at once. So what's a girl to do? My suggestion is to get a catered program. You were probably gathering that from what I was just going on about. I've also found the most powerful herbs I've seen clinically uh, for fertility are Chinese herbs. Many doctors aren't a fan of the idea of Chinese herbs because they may interfere with medications. They can also be toxic to your liver or kidneys. There's been some articles about hepatotoxicity, liver toxicity, or kidney toxicity from Chinese herbs. They also can act as blood thinners. And so I'm being just fully transparent because this is something that you might get as a rebuttal for 
why you shouldn't take them. Um, but I will say this, they are more revered than acupuncture in China for treating fertility issues. And same goes a lot of the time in Korea and in Japan and in other parts of Asia. Herbal medicine is stronger in a lot of ways for treating very uh, tricky cases of infertility. And I've seen that clinically too. I've been able to help a lot of women get pregnant with nutrition, with acupuncture, with um, catered lifestyle programs, supplements. But when I have cases that are not getting better, I always throw in Chinese herbs, and that usually is the ticket. I would say, you know, if you're having uh, a lot of issues and nothing else is working, it might be worthwhile seeing uh, a really good herbalist to prescribe you something like a Chinese herbal formula that's going to be catered to your particular fertility issue. Again, it has to be very specific. The magic of Chinese medicine is that it really has to be catered specifically to you and it's about you know your age and your health profile and your health history and even we take a look at your tongue and take your pulse and we figure out what it exactly is going on in your body from an eastern medicine perspective and from there we develop a program i've seen ancient formulas have a much greater impact on hard to treat issues such as premature ovarian failure, perimenopause, egg quality issues, ovulatory issues, and failed implantation. One thing to consider is that they can take a while to work. It's usually like a three to six month ordeal for anything related to eggs, uh, though implantation failure can likely be addressed in a shorter period of time. I have women coming to me for implantation failure. I may put them on herbs for a few weeks and then they have success. And sometimes we do a very uh, gentle and safe fertility formula um, in the early stages of pregnancy just to make sure it's sticking. So, you know, there there are various approaches. There are various formulas, some more catered to egg quality, some more catered to issues with implantation. The implantation failure usually is a quicker turnaround. The egg quality issues usually take a little bit longer. In fact, there's been a good amount of research uh, about using Chinese herbs for fertility. A meta-analysis was conducted in Australia in 2015, and it demonstrated that Chinese herbal remedies were found to be more effective in treating a variety of cases of infertility over conventional Western interventions. So I'm a huge fan of Western medicine, IVF, all of the things, but I do find that I have a lot of women coming to me that are not having success with those approaches. So if they're not having success with those approaches, I am offering a different paradigm, one in which often I suggest integrating. Maybe we're doing uh, Chinese herbs alongside their other treatment or between cycles. Uh, maybe we're doing it to optimize the effects of certain drugs. There was another study that showed that using Chinese herbal formulas in conjunction with Clomid actually improved uh, ovulatory rates, improved the outcomes of the cycles. So it doesn't have to be either or, it could be used together. The Chinese herbs also helped to improve the regularity of ovulation, cervical mucus, and other fertility signs on top of obviously improving the actual pregnancy rates. The meta-analysis that I mentioned showed that it was a two-fold improvement in uh, actual pregnancy rates. So, you know, we can use them on their own. 
or we can use them in conjunction with Western approaches. We can use them in conjunction with acupuncture. There's a lot of ways that we can go about this. Sometimes if you've had a bunch of IVF failures, meaning like you're not producing eggs, um, you cannot kind of respond to the medications well, you're going to need a little bit more time with the herbs. If it's like I said, implantation failure, maybe it's just a few weeks, maybe it's a month, something like that. And we can possibly, depending on what your issue, turn it around. So you're looking at different time frames according to what your particular profile and issues are and what your goals are. Also, if there's male factor issues, men can take herbs too. It would be a different formula than what would be prescribed to you. Moxibustion, which isn't even taken internally, it's mugwort sage burned um, over certain points on the body, has actually really been effective for improving male fertility by improving uh, sperm parameters. And that can be something that you can do at home. Uh, so somebody could just show you the points to do on your husband or he can do them on himself. And it's something really simple and actually quite enjoyable that one can do on their own at home. So the moral of the story is be wary of self-prescribing. It's also something to consider to find somebody that is really gifted at herbal medicine my association, the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine, uh, aborm.org, lists practitioners in the in your area that might be good at this. You really want to do some ask some questions though. What's your experience? Where have you trained? How many cases have you of XYZ have you treated? Like have you improved egg quality? You you want to definitely ask the person questions because nowadays, honestly, everybody's hanging a shingle saying that they treat fertility because like they know it's a thing on the rise. And so everybody's trying to get a little piece of this and, and it's really unfortunate and it's quite predatory uh, and it's just dishonest. So you really want to do your research. You want to ask questions. If you can go through referral, that's always a great thing. Obviously we are happy at the Naturna Institute to be a resource for you or, or try to direct you to somebody who knows what they're doing. If, if you're not local to us or don't want to work virtually with one of us. So make sure Whatever team member you're involving, uh, a new a strategist, a new herbalist knows what they're doing. Make sure to not be self-prescribing. Streamline. Streamlining is often the best thing to do. Like more is not better in this case. And so having a, a more custom, customized program for what's going on with you makes a lot of sense. Keep in mind that there might be some downtime. You depending on what your goals are, what you're trying to do, it might take a little bit of time for these things to work. But you know, if you're having, if you're not having success with all of the other things that you're doing, then I do recommend to maybe try Chinese herbs. It can be done with Western herbs too. Uh, but I have seen the most impactful, really amazing changes happen with uh, catered Chinese medicine programs. Hope this was helpful. As always, feel free to reach out if you want any more information about this topic. Until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, 
Dr. Christina. <laughs>